Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lawyers in the Making podcast. I'm your host, as always, Nate Crespo, and today we have another exceptional guest. He's a recent graduate of Albany Law and currently works as an employee relations associate for New York State. He has held a previous internship at the office of the New York State Attorney General and was a sub-editor for the Government Law Review at Albany Law. Mr. Ray Weiss. Welcome to the show. How are we doing today? Good. Thanks for having me, Nate. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Now, before we start, Ray, could you mind giving the audience a little background about yourself? Sure. Uh, Where to start? Uh, I graduated SUNY Albany all the way back in 2013, uh, dual bachelor's program in music and economics. Uh, following year, I earned my master's in economics from University of Albany. I started my career with the state in 2016, uh, initially with the Office of the State Comptroller, shortly after moving to the Office of Employee Relations. And while there, I started my second master's degree in education, uh, curriculum development, instructional technology. Uh, great program, finished that in 2018. And when COVID hit in 2020, I thought to myself, I need even more degrees. <laughs> so I signed up, I did, I took the LSAT and uh, signed up for Albany Law and joined the two year accelerated program at Albany Law. Uh, finishing in December 2022, uh, and just recently, just this past Thursday, got the notice that I passed the bar exam, which uh, was just a load off my mind. Uh, what a wonderful feeling, but I think that sums me up fairly well. So, Yeah, so first, huge congratulations on passing the bar exam. I did actually, I was able to see that I, I know that is an enormous, enormous thing from talking to other people, but just hearing it from you, it sounds like it really, really was a big load um, to take off of yourself yeah. and off your shoulders. It was um, it was certainly something different. I've I've during law school, I got married, which I I don't recommend planning a wedding and going to law school at the same time. That is not a good idea. It's a lot of stress. Um, but, uh, next month, um, my wife and I are expecting our first child. So I would also not recommend studying for the bar while you're planning on having and starting a family. It's not great (laughs) as far as stress level goes in terms of personal, uh, satisfaction and achievement. It's wonderful. Uh, I couldn't be happier, uh, with every, the way everything turned out. But if somebody asks me, Hey, do you recommend I do the two-year program and get married and start a family? I'd say, please don't. <laughs> you don't need that kind of stress. Well, well, I, I just personally, I just want to say congratulations, um, especially a child. That is an absolutely wonderful thing, a, a dream of mine in my life. But um, so let's talk about your. First of all, I didn't know you uh, graduated with a bachelor's degree in music. <laughs> yes, that, that's, that interested me i actually uh, i was doing a little research you were the orchestra manager at albany as well i certainly was for the four years that i was allowed to do that as a student i was the orchestra manager 
Uh, so what that entailed was everything short of conducting the orchestra. So I didn't do that. That was up to the professors. Um, but setting up, breaking down, making sure everyone had their music, making sure everyone had their instruments, making sure everyone had their lockers. All the money was going back and forth correctly. Um, I took that over from students who really didn't care about the music department. And uh, in the course of four years, really turned that into a paraprofessional uh, experience at UAlbany where I was very much a trusted member of of the music department, you know, as much as any student can be. They really relied on me to get the concerts going and the orchestra and the band going. And my gosh, uh, I think still to this day, I don't think they changed the uh, decoration all that much, but my professor hung up all of the concerts that I had done there. And we had the wall of the practice room at the top there with all the posters that I had done over the course of, gosh, I think when I left, it was seven years that I was with the orchestra. So a long, long time. <laughs> You're you Albany orchestra legend. I mean, <laughs> forever enshrined in history. Now I have, oh, to, I have to ask, you know, go getting your master's in education, why law school? Why, why the switch to law school? Gosh, there are a lot of reasons. Um, I think first and foremost, it's about my future. I mean, when you, when you're planning out your education, you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. I've had a few people ask me recently, Ray, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, you know, at the ripe old age of 32. And I think that's a fair question. Um, but I will say this, it, there was that moment during COVID, I think a lot of people had that existential dread of, gosh, I should be maybe doing something different. Um, that was part of the impetus for going to law school. It certainly wasn't the only one. Um, I, Someone very close to me, and the story is not really mine to share, but uh, she had gone through just... Uh, a horrendous experience and was uh, on the victim side of a criminal case. And she did not have a wonderful time with the attorneys, both defense, obviously um, defending the, the, the person who had victimized her, but also with the prosecution. And I do remember back then, this was many years ago, uh, looking at them and saying to myself, they set a uh, kind of a poor example for what it is to be, and they were public, right? So it's a public servant. They're the prosecutor. They set a poor example for what it meant to be a public servant. Um, I had already stayed at my, started my career with the state. Uh, that was just reinforcing what I wanted to do, which is work for the state, work for the public, provide, you know, the people of the state of New York with, um, <laughs> good service what in whatever role that i needed to be in but also when it came time to like what can i do more which is kind of the question that i asked myself during COVID. uh being a lawyer was top of the priority not because i had you know all these wonderful lawyers to look up to but because i had lawyers that i looked at and i said gosh the state can do better <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely part of it. Um, I certainly get the question asked a lot. Like you've got a 
master's in education, you've got a master's in economics, you've got a bachelor's in music. Like, what are you doing? Um, there's always more to learn and there's always more to improve on. And I think as a public servant, that's incredibly important to do is always keep improving. You can't be stagnant. Yeah, I, I think as, as a public servant, it's important that your display towards the public is, you know, well, and you, you're not poorly received because, you know, at certain points, like you just told your story, you know, that person really needed the help of the state there and they just didn't get um, what they needed. Um, yeah. And, you know, you, you pointed to another good point of always learning. And I think especially as a public servant, you're, you know, always speaking to the public, always learning more from other people that, you know, need help and you can identify those problems and, you know, figure it out from there and maybe even learn something for your own life. But so, you know, you, you finish up your, your master's in education. So what, what does the process look like? You take the LSAT, why Albany Law? anything particular it's just you know i go to albany and now i'm going to go to albany law yeah so being in state government uh and being in a small unit within state government i was very fortunate to interact with of kind of a broad scope of public employees and uh part of the reason i decided to go to albany law school once i decided that i want to do something different was the fact that like 90% of the lawyers that I spoke to also went to Albany Law School and they loved it. <laughs> All of them were like, oh, great school, had a great time, best three years of my life. Uh, and that was kind of inspiring. You know, I had a wonderful time at SUNY Albany. Uh, staying local was certainly a huge preference of mine uh, because by the time I decided to make this change uh, at the time, you know, she was my fiance at the time and I were living together and in the local area. So looking to get established. So moving out of state for law school would have been very difficult. And, <laughs> uh, it just worked out very, very nicely. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to live in the capital region where I have access to, you know, the state capital, you know, the state governments run right here in Albany. Albany law has all these amazing connections within state government because Gosh, God knows almost all the attorneys went there to begin with. And just the local uh, alumni network is so strong. It really kind of surprises me. And I, I, as you can tell, I'm wearing an Albany <laughs> Law t-shirt right now. I like wearing the Albany Law t-shirts uh, when I go basically anywhere. You know, you'll see me just in Albany wearing them. But I've been stopped. Uh, we took a vacation out to Cape Cod. I got stopped in a restaurant in Cape Cod twice <laughs> on the same day by older gentlemen coming up to me and saying, did you graduate Albany law? I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so it's wonderful. It's, it's kind of amazing just how often you can bump into alumni and start a conversation with somebody who otherwise would just be a stranger in a restaurant. Yeah, I, I've I've had my own experience with that actually. Uh the gym that I go to, ABC Fitness, shout out to them. Best gym, I think, in the capital region. Maybe in Europe, <laughs> I don't know. But I've seen multiple people there with Albany Law sweatshirts or you know, long and I always walk up to them. I always talk to them. Um so it it just shows, you know, about you know, showing your pride, but the connections that can be made there, uh, especially 
when you're in the capital region, uh, you know, everyone is, you know, repping Albany long. But I have to I, I, I further have to inquire about the importance of networking. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Could you just touched on it? But could you tell us a little more about that? Sure. Uh, I can touch on it because I think if I went into the whole tirade, we'd be here forever. <laughs> uh, networking was a skill that uh, I am both still in development of and a skill that prior to law school, I didn't really have that much of. Uh, <laughs> just joining law school, my wife you know, sat me down before law school and she goes, you know, I want you to make uh, a lot of friends when you're there. You know, you're a great guy. You know, people are going to love you, right? Have a good time with it. And last, like the past six months, she sat me down again and she said, honey, we're always busy. We always have something going on. Please stop making friends. <laughs> and I said, Not, no can do. I got to keep doing it. So, uh, but professional networking is is basically the key to life. Um, it's kind of amazing just how much, uh, just how far connections will go. Um, I've had, you know, previous coworkers, um, uh, fellow, uh, law students graduate, move on and then come back and say, Hey, we really like you. Would you mind interviewing for this? Would you mind talking about this? Um, you know, Hey, I want, I want you to meet somebody else. I've made fantastic connections through connections. And it's really just been a, it's really just felt like a great support network. And the importance of that is emphasized by everyone I speak to, uh, every attorney, all the people that I look up to in this field say the exact same thing, which is get out there, meet people, engage in the conversation, because you never know, you know, and you don't, networking and I, I call it I call it politicking a little bit. It's not about what can this do for me. It's about making that genuine human connection. And I've been very, very blessed uh, in my life because, you know, going into law school, I had a very small handful of very, very close friends uh, graduating. And now in my professional career, I feel like I have like 50 people that I consider very close friends and probably a hundred other people I consider good friends who I can count on for a lot of different things, both professionally and personally. So it's been a life-changing, eye-opening experience. Um, and again, I, I, I don't want to keep coming back and, you know, saying, oh, Albany Law is so terrific because <laughs> many other great schools out there, but uh, Albany Law was really great for that in particular, especially because of where I am and the field that I'm in, I you just constantly meet wonderful, wonderful people. It's been just a privilege. So uh, that's the short version of networking <laughs> is important. Uh, it's a terrific skill, but it is a skill and it needs practice and you should get out there and do it as often as you possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I only started my networking journey, I guess, only last year. I started, you know, talking to people, reaching out to people. Uh, but it, it really has been eye-opening for myself, just like you said, uh, being able to just comfortably go up to people. Uh, I, I kind of have this kind of ideal in my mind. I just keep telling myself because, like, you know, I get a little anxious sometimes, like, oh, my God, you know. 
But I, you know, I just tell my, oh, they're just a human being. They're just a human being. They're just like everyone else. And yeah, and then I'm a little better. And so, if, if I if I may put in a point there, it's, you know, they'll react just like you would react. If somebody said, hey, you know, I want to reach out to you and, and, you know, strike up a conversation because we have, you know, a similar professional background or similar educational background, you, you'd be very receptive to that. I'll say this, 100% of the people that I've reached out to have been more than welcoming they have been inviting it's been just tremendous i've i've even cold reached out to people on linkedin of all places and said hey i you know i i saw you mentioned in a story i looked you up you know you're doing a lot of things that i want to do can i talk to you and they're wonderful about it they go absolutely i'd love to talk to you let's let's discuss your career let's discuss where you want to go let's discuss you know what i do let's discuss the the field that i'm in it's been phenomenal so if you ever get into that position where you're like i'm a little nervous about reaching out to somebody at least reach out because honestly the worst case scenario is you don't hear back um and i mean so far that hasn't happened to me so it's been it's been amazing so just switching gears a little bit i don't mean to bring up some traumatic memories, but let's talk about the first year. So that transition from, I guess it would be graduate school to then taking LSAT, you know, applying to Alban Law, getting in, and now it's your first year. Can you tell us a little bit about that transition? The the transition is best, uh, gosh, condensed into that first day of law school when I realized, oh, this is going to be very different from any other kind of learning I've experienced in the past. Uh, the first class I remember was property law uh, with Professor Rehan. She's phenomenal. Um, yeah, anyone who is like, maybe I should take a class with her, do it. She's great. But uh, I remember everybody kind of coming into the room and she stopped one of my, one of my friends and she goes, you know, he's got his, property book with him she goes can i borrow that and he goes yeah right so she takes the book we all sit down she's got the book she's standing in front of the class and she calls on him right and she goes uh mr and you know last name i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna put him on blast right now because she goes into him for about a half hour about who owns the book whose book is this well he goes it's mine he goes how do you know that's well because i bought it she goes do you have a receipt he goes no, not on me. She goes, is your name in it? And and on and on. And through that back and forth, um, again, the f first day of law school, she was touching on the foundations of property. She was touching on, you know, kind of the ideas behind ownership, first in time, first in right, you know, <laughs> uh, subsequent bona fide purchasers, Lord knows, in property class. Um, so she wanted to introduce all that kind of organically and through a conversation. And I realized this is very different from my master's in economics, which wasn't a conversation. It was formulas and very different from my master's in education uh, because that was even softer than, you know, the it's, it's a lot of soft skills combined with some research skills and education, especially curriculum development. Uh, law was going to be 
And this might sound like I was so naive going into law and maybe sounds so obvious, but law was going to be an argument from start to finish. And I was very, very fascinated uh, by that process because you don't have to argue with your professors in any other field. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. So that was, it was an incredibly different experience. I, right away it was just i'm going to be i realized i was gonna be comfortable because i i knew i could i could speak well in a classroom environment and i could learn quickly but that uh for the first time the professors would be looking for that argument to make sure that i understood the uh content as opposed to looking for an answer or looking for you know a, a process or rules and regulations they were going to be looking for a kind of a deeper level of understanding than anything else i had really done before so you're talking you talked about argument and how it's going to be a constant argument throughout school and you were actually a moot court participant semi-finalist even congratulations on that can you talk a little bit about that and the skills you earned from that and maybe even more more moreover uh the skills you kind of gained throughout law school oh absolutely uh the the moot court competition competitions that i took place took part in were competitions in skills that i thought i needed to develop more of um i i can argue with the best of them and that's something that is just in my personal life so when it came time to look at the competitions, one of the ones that I was most interested in was the client counseling competition. And what that is, is they get volunteers to be prospective clients and you and a partner interview them as if you are a law firm looking to take them on as a client. And I had just a wonderful partner. Uh, I, I will name her Carrie Glover. I learned so, so much from her. Um, She is the consummate professional on top of being just a wonderful people person. And through this first competition, we really developed kind of this lens of, yes, this is a legal problem, but we're going to handle it as if these people are people. And that might sound, again, obvious, But it is such an important skill to have in the law. Uh, One of the reasons, like I said earlier, that I even thought that this might be the right path for me is because I had someone who wasn't treated like a person. Uh, They were treated like a case. And in my opinion, that's kind of the worst way you could possibly go about that. You need to have a level of empathy and understanding these people Oh, I mean, 99% of the time, people don't come to a lawyer for help because they're in the best situation of their lives. They come to a lawyer because they're in a rough situation and are going to need real professional help to, you know, see it through the way that hopefully they can see it through. You know, it's going to be your job to tell them, hey, look, here's the strengths and weaknesses. But also, like, you came to me for help uh, to the best of my ability. I'm going to help you. That's my job. Uh, so the client counseling competition was an excellent venue for that. You really get some 
interesting scenarios that catch you off guard. And that's another very important skill. I learned that both in the moot courts and in my field placement. You're going to get caught off guard a lot in the practice of law. You're <laughs> going to have to be ready to pivot uh, and be on your toes at all times because I thought that I could prepare you know, with the best of them. And I certainly can. I can write. I can research. I can do all these things. Um, but, you know, you get into a court case for the first time and you're expecting things to go one way. And the judge says, actually, we're going to do something different today. You better be prepared. You better be ready because the court's not going to have patience for you, uh, you know, stumbling around for a significant period of time. Uh, you're not going to make your clients look very good if you're unprepared and uh, unwilling to kind of be flexible in the moment. Um, so. The client, the client counseling and the negotiations moot courts were great for that. They were always, there was always something that you had no idea what was coming down the pipeline. And you really had to be just as flexible as you possibly can to roll with the punches. And, you know, not, I, I keep saying the first time I was in front of a court, it was like getting hit by a truck. You got to not get hit by that truck. <laughs> Very important. Don't get hit by trucks, Nate. <laughs> i'll try not to but um so actually in the in the previous episode with justin davis he kind of talked about uh at one of his internships at harrison beach uh he was doing insurance and uh he had written the name of the person they were um suing or not suing they were going against and his boss had said, no, you can't put their name. You have to put the plaintiff because we have to dehumanize them. And that kind of went towards, uh, like you said, like, you know, like the person is just a case. They're not a human. And that it's very important that you should treat it like a human because, you know, not only will, will it help that person, but it will also help you. You know, you, you get that empathy to be able to argue a little better. But, you know, on that point, can you describe uh, maybe a negative experience that you've had at an internship or, you know, any kind of job that you worked at in the field of law? And then we'll go with the positive one after that. <laughs> sure. Um, the negative one certainly was when I was uh, trying, uh, I was basically the, the, the student assistant, but I was appearing on the record representing the state of New York before the New York Court of Claims. And court of claims is where plaintiffs will bring uh, a lot of tort claims against the state of New York. And we had, uh, we literally had a list. We, we knew the cases that were going to be called that day. We knew the plaintiffs and we knew that some of them were not going to uh, appear for, for whatever reason, these cases were going to be dismissed. And we sit down, we start off, and the judge basically does a, a roll call. Uh, and we learn in that moment in the courtroom, oh, one of the cases that we thought wasn't going to be here is here. Oh, and the judge decides we're going to start with that one. So we have nothing. And it was a little bit of a panic kind of going back and forth like oh we need to get something something needs to get together the judge is not going to have patience for us right now and that was the time i got hit by a truck nate 
that was the time <laughs> things really went out of whack really really quickly and it got me off guard it really really did um and i was shaken it was not a pleasant experience sitting there in front of the judge as a law student representing the state thinking to myself man i might have just really screwed this up um but like I said, you kind of have to roll with it. And in that moment, uh, as much as a terrible situation that that could have been, um, my supervising attorney later would tell me that I did a very good job getting back on my feet, getting back on track, being professional and getting everything kind of wrapped up, delivered to the judge. And we moved on. Um, and. Like I said, yeah, that was negative, but I learned a lot. I think I learned most from the negative experiences, um, which I have a hard time classifying just as purely negative. So <laughs> it was both negative and positive. In fact, that I learned a lot, but it also felt like getting hit by a bus. <laughs> okay, so staying staying with that positive route. What's your what was your favorite part of law school? Favorite part of law school? That's a good question. Honestly, for me, it was the people. I I made so many friends in law school. I if you had told me that before I entered, I wouldn't have believed you. There I was like no way. <laughs> no way do I get along with that many people. That's just impossible. But no, I I seriously feel like, uh, and my cohort was kind of small. Our, our class was about 20, 26 people all in all. So I really do feel like I made 25 new friends just there on top of, you know, upperclassmen. Uh, I had a wonderful mentor, uh, Kelly. He, he was fantastic. Um, he, he doesn't like to take as much credit for my success as I give him. But he was amazing. Even my professors, I there are a handful of professors who I know if they ever needed something from me, I'd drop everything that I'm doing to do whatever I can to assist them. They they were fantastic. They believed in me, um, and they really made the entire experience that much easier. When you have those many friends in law school, it really makes the experience just so much smoother so much easier i the people really make or break an experience and i've i've said that about just about everything in life uh i've told people listen i could be making a million dollars at a job but if i hate everyone who's around me i'm probably not going to be there long meanwhile you could be paying me minimum wage to dig a ditch and if i'm digging a ditch with the best 10 guys i know i'm gonna be thrilled about that i'll do that every day of the week that's fantastic so law school a lot of it is what you make of it, and I made lifelong friends. So, last little segment here, I like to call it the words of wisdom. What do you have to say to those aspiring law students, maybe even those current law students? What do you got to say to them? Deep breaths. Deep breaths, my friends. I think that a lot of times we can get lost in the forest and kind of just bogged down by how much stuff we got to learn and cram in but i'd say deep breaths piecemeal it out 
um, there's no section of law that can't be broken down into little 10, 15 minute bites that you can tackle as it comes. Get the support that, you know, everyone needs in law school. Get some good friends. Uh, and don't, don't worry about competition. Don't worry about, oh, the gunners of my class, they're, you know, bragging about their A's and A pluses and internships and all this other stuff. It's so not, it, to me, that feels like very high school drama-ish, which is just not necessary. I, by the time you're in law school, you're an adult and a full-blown adult no longer college kid uh you can get along with everybody i really think that i really believe that and you can make this experience fantastic by engaging with people and getting that kind of level of support it i had a wonderful experience i really think anybody else can um just don't it's not the end all be all right not doing as well as you'd like in a class isn't going to be the end of the world. Um, if you've passed, great. If you haven't passed a core class, you might have to retake it. There's nothing wrong with that. Some of the best people I know struggled very, very hard in law school. Some of the best lawyers I know failed the bar uh, the first time they took it. Some of the best lawyers I know failed the bar multiple times before passing the bar. None of these things will make or break you. None of your grades will make or break you. None of these tests will make or break you. Um, heck, I failed the, the bar the first time myself. I know that experience. It feels like a crushing defeat. It really, really does. And passing it feels like the world lifted off of Atlas's shoulders. It's, I understand the feeling, but at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. Well, right. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and yes. everyone listening. Thank you for listening. And I will see you in the next one.